You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea is a fascinating and intricate topic, far more complex than anyone can master. Our expertise resides in storytelling by professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. We believe that transparency is grounded at origin, which is why the Tea Biz Portal enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Middle East unrest has heightened tea logistics concerns. Just Iced Tea raises $14 million to expand distribution nationally. And Walt Bakri, Executive Director Parag Desai, 49, dies fleeing stray dogs. Plus, T-Biz traveled to Tanzania last week to explore the tropical Usambara tea-growing region. There I met with smallholder farmers, tea makers, traders, tea sellers, members of the Tea Board of Tanzania, and a tiny cooperative of 14 families deep in the jungle who invited me to watch as they hand-rolled and wood-fired organic black tea that always sells out on market day in the local village. I recount my adventure beginning today with Tahira Nizari, a savvy business school graduate and humanitarian who in 2018 founded Kazi Yatu, a specialty tea brand to add value that advances the role of women in Tanzania's tea industry. More in a minute, but first this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliftia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Tea shipping and logistics executives are closely monitoring the Middle East unrest this week as sales to the regions decline. Due to the Hamas-Israeli conflict, the sales of Orthodox tea in India's Kochi auction declined to 70% of the 2 million kilos on offer. Though Israel buys negligible quantities, exports to other destinations through the Suez Canal will be hit according to a report in the Hindu business line. Traders who spoke to the newspaper cautioned, quote, 
Shipments to destinations through the Suez Canal are likely to be hit on account of the war, end quote. They anticipate further disruptions in tea procurement if the situation worsens. Iran is the center of attention. Normally a discerning trading partner with a preference for orthodox black tea, imports to Iran spiked last year. Yet, quote, at the moment, there are signs that Iran does not have enough tea to last through the winter season, end quote, writes one trader. In an attempt to stockpile supplies, imports during the past fiscal year, ending March 30th, 2023, rose to 90 million kilos. Payments complicated by economic sanctions are now past due. Quote, so far we have no clear import support from the government. As a result, a lot of teas consigned for Iran are stuck in Dubai and Kenya, according to the trader. Compounding the self-inflicted shortage is that domestic production declined to 20 million kilos this year. Iran customs officials valued imports at $665 million through March 30, 2023. Iran produced about 26 million kilos of tea last year, exporting 10,000 metric tons, valued at $44.2 million, according to IRICA. In the fiscal year ending March 2021, the country imported 21 million kilos, valued at 201 million. India, Sri Lanka, and Kenya were the top three suppliers. Imports recovered from the pandemic to reach 35 million kilos in 2022. Business Insight The media concerns involve insurance premiums and pricing risk, but if Iran backed Hezbollah escalates the Hamas conflict, Israel will likely retaliate against Iran. The Islamic Republic's navy has increasingly harassed international vessels with 20 incidents in the past few years, including the seizure of tankers in the Strait of Hormuz, which spans Oman and Iran. It's a route traveled by 30% of the world's oil and much of the world's tea. Seth Goldman this week announced $14 million in growth capital to expand the national distribution of Just Iced Tea. The organic, fair-trade, ready-to-drink tea launched in 2022 following a decision by Coca-Cola to stop producing Honest Tea. Just Iced Tea's founders, Barry Nailbuff, Spike Mendelson, and Goldman, formulated and began distributing the tea within four months of the announcement. Parent company Eat the Change has since scaled back its plant-based snack business as tea sales soar. The new rounds of funding will expand the distribution of the fast-growing Just Ice Tea line and refresh the company's marketing of cosmic carrot chew sticks. In March, the company added three new flavors, mango white tea, lemon ginger herbal tea, and original black tea. Just Iced Tea now markets nine varieties of unsweetened and slightly sweetened 40 to 60 calorie teas, including lemon ginger herbal tea at 40 calories per bottle. 
Sweeteners include organic agave and honey with no cane sugar. Goldman and Nelba founded Honest Tea in 1998. Coca-Cola invested to expand distribution in 2008 and acquired the business in 2011. Goldman joined Coca-Cola to develop new beverage brands, growing Honest Tea to more than $600 million in annual sales. He left in 2019 to establish Eat the Change, which produces a line of mushroom jerky, dehydrated carrot chews, and other healthy snacks. Parag Desai, the fourth-generation executive director of Wog Bakri Tea Group, died last week of head injuries sustained fleeing stray dogs on an evening walk near his home in Ahmadabad. He was hospitalized and underwent surgery for a brain hemorrhage after the October 15th incident and remained on a ventilator for seven days. He died Sunday, October 22nd. Gujarat-based Wag Bakri, founded in 1892, is one of India's best-known packaged tea brands, generating $25 million in sales from 50 million kilos of tea annually. Prague, an expert tea taster and evaluator, was responsible for sales, marketing, and exports under his father, managing director Rashish Desai. His cousin Paras Desai, also an executive director, is responsible for sourcing and operations. Rao greatly expanded distribution and established tea lounges and directed consumer sales online. He was an industry leader, a member of the Confederation of Indian Industry, supported the blind, and was a wildlife advocate and a personal friend of mine in tea. Quote, I have been very lucky to have learned from my elders, end quote, said Parag, who earned a master's degree at Long Island University. He credited, quote, a very formal, strict education overseas and in India. I have had the good opportunity to merge these learnings to lead the company into the next generation, end quote. He is survived by wife Vidisha and a daughter. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan, a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple-to-operate, smartphone-controlled device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time, waste and energy. That's because I engineered the brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep simply and conveniently. Biz traveled to Tanzania last week to explore the tropical Usambara tea growing region. There I met with smallholder farmers, tea makers, traders, tea sellers, members of the Tea Board of Tanzania, and a tiny cooperative of 14 families deep in the jungle who invited me to watch as they hand rolled and wood fired organic black tea 
that always sells out on market day in the local village. I recount my adventure beginning today with Tahira Nizari, a savvy business school graduate and humanitarian who in 2018 founded Kazi Yutu, a specialty tea brand that adds value and advances the role of women in Tanzania's tea industry. Kazi sources much of its tea from the Sakari Farmers Cooperative in the Usambara Mountains, a range in northeastern Tanzania that is about 90 kilometers long and half that wide. Isambara is one of the world's biodiversity hotspots with a virgin rainforest that rises more than 7,500 feet, about 2,289 meters above the Indian Ocean. Teas are finished and transported to the port at Dar es Salaam, where 35 women are employed in blending, packaging, and distributing tins and canisters of specialty tea available globally. Tahira and I just completed a week-long tour of smallholder farms, the Sakari Tea Processing Factory, and the Kaziyu Tea Packaging Facility in Dar es Salaam. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast to discuss the joy and challenges of making tea in Tanzania. Will you share with us the origin story of Kaziyatu? So I started Kaziyatu five years ago because I wanted to start a sustainable and social-focused business. I wanted to support women in agriculture because here in Tanzania, women are often lacking jobs across the agriculture value chains. And I thought to myself, I'm here, I understand markets around the world, and then I understand what farmers need and can do. And I thought, who better than, than you know, someone like me to, to make these linkages and to bridge this gap? And so that's how I decided to start Kaziyatu. Kaziyatu in Swahili means our work. And that's really what we're about. That's why it's in our it's in our name. And we don't ever want to lose that vision about creating jobs for women. And so we started in 2018 in my dining room. We started, you know, packing little tea bags um, at home. You know, we got into my husband's car, who is my co-founder, and we drove across the country to farms and we collected samples of teas, of spices and herbs. We, we met with farmers and um, yeah, we came back and we, we started blending our own recipes. And I'm also a tea lover. So that was really exciting for me. I love product development and playing with flavor profiles and playing with different, you know, uh, characteristics of, of different types of ingredients that are that are made here in Tanzania and grown here. Slowly, we started to um, expand. We we started a really small factory. It was half of a house, and then slowly we moved to a larger warehouse. And now we're in the factory that you have you have um, come to visit, and we have you know thirty five women employees. Um, we have a really strong uh, team, uh, you know, at the production level, but then also at the management level. And yeah, I'm really excited that we're working with over 2,500 smallholder farmers across Tanzania. Many of our listeners have probably consumed Tanzania tea as a blend, unaware of its origin. In contrast, your teas are proudly Tanzanian, traceable, certified, and they meet EU and U.S. import standards. 
Traceability is absolutely critical. And the reason for that, I mean, it's many fold. So one is obviously we see consumers more and more seeking to know their producers and the journey of their products from farm to table. Um, we're seeing a growing demand for that. But more importantly to us is we want to put a face and a name to our producers. And we believe that by doing that, we're actually, you know, encouraging them to get more involved in quality. We're encouraging them to, you know, be be more connected with their their consumers. We're able to connect them with their consumers. And for us, traceability is is something that is evolving and is highlighting many different qualities and characteristics of the tea. So it's obviously the social side, but it's also the environmental side. So environmentally, you know, what is the impact of the production? What is the, um, what was the harvest period? What are the environmental conditions under which the teas, herbs, or spices were grown? And we want to highlight that. And I think that Africa is wild. There is a lot of wild herbs and spices and indigenous crops here. And I think by highlighting traceability, we're able to embrace that wilderness and and show that through different batches. So, oh, look, I tried ginger mint fusion batch number 73. And wow, okay, so ginger mint fusion batch number 96 was actually had more of a stronger peppermint taste. Well, and I think that's a really enjoyable experience for, for tea lovers. We met with the Tea Board of Tanzania last week for a frank discussion about the challenges facing tea growers. Low prices, high production costs, climate change, and a global glut of poor quality tea. I left the meeting optimistic. So tea is actually the fifth highest strategic crop in Tanzania. It's an export-oriented crop. Of course, there's a lot of domestic consumption as well. But tea plays a very pivotal role in the in the economy here. There are over 30,000 farmers involved in tea here. And so you can just imagine the magnitude of you know, the volume, the um, the opportunity for impact and for, you know, growth. The tea sector is regulated by the Tea Board of Tanzania. There is also the Tea Smallholder Development Agency, and then there is the Tea Association of Tanzania. And these, these bodies are very, very supportive of the growth of the tea sector. For Kazietu, for example, you know, they've been supporting us from day one. We were just a tiny business compared to the larger companies that are here. I mean, you have Unilever here. You have a lot of British-owned tea companies here and Indian-owned tea companies here. They immediately understood our vision for specialty tea production and promotion. And they have really been um, instrumental in helping us export our products, in helping us influence policies that affect us as well as our farmers. So I would say it's a very, very positive and strong infrastructure here. I think there's a lot of work to be done to empower and support farmers as well as to grow the reputation of Tanzanian tea. The mountains here are misty and cool with a dense jungle canopy. The rootstock is healthy, well-drained, and sound. I sampled several styles of Tanzanian tea, from hand-rolled village market tea to well-crafted oolong, specialty blends, and factory CTC for export. I find the teas fresh, distinctive, and well-presented. Will you describe what makes Tanzanian tea so tasty? That's a fantastic question. 
Tanzania has very different environmental conditions than, you know, your your usual um, tea growing countries. And so, you know, obviously in, in Asia, we have more shaded, more more cloudy um, areas of uh, tea production. We also have yeah less sunshine, more dry, arid areas. Tanzania is really humid and it's really sunny. And so um, the clonal varieties that are, you know, thrive here are actually um, a blend of, of different cultivars that have come here um, from from China, from India, and have, you know, been researched and developed to make the kind of perfect um, varieties that, that thrive in this kind of climate. And so it's, I wouldn't say it's better or worse, but it's different and it's an exciting different. It's, a, it's an exciting distinction. And so Tanzanian tea has really beautiful color. So it brings a really nice bright color to the cup. It's great for blending. So that's what Kazayatu does. We blend it with herbs and spices. We also have our pure teas, of course, our Kilimanjaro green tea, our Kilimanjaro black tea. But what we love to do is get, you know, cinnamon bark shavings from Zanzibar, the spice island. Or, um, you know, hibiscus, which is what you and I are enjoying right now, a nice hibiscus lemonade. Or, you know, ginger is very, you know, um, it's a very big crop here. It grows, it grows really well in different regions. And then you have your, your peppermint, your, you know, star anise, your lemongrass, moringa. So there's lots of really beautiful ingredients to blend in with the Tanzanian teas as well. It's been a delight to have you visit with us today. I look forward to many more conversations as a bright future unfolds for Tanzanian tea. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of tea biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the tea biz website for more comprehensive coverage that's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.